Please turn with me to 1 John chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from 1 John chapter 3. And we're going to continue with our sermon, God's love for us. So 1 John chapter 3, starting at verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him, because we shall see Him as He is. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies Himself as He is pure. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank You that we can gather together as a body of believers, as a family, Thank you that Christ is the head of our church. But thank you we can gather under your word and we can hear your word preached to us that can help us to, to love you and to love one another. It can help us to walk loving the things in this world, especially people and helping people. Help us, Father. Help us to, to honour you and to glorify you in everything. But help me now, Father, to, to be clear and understood. Help us to listen and help us to examine our own hearts and, and see a great and awesome God we serve, the almighty creator God, our heavenly Father. And help us to, to revere his name and hallow his name through his son, Jesus Christ, by, his power, by the power of his spirit. Help us, Father, to honour you here in this church. I thank you now for this opportunity again to preach your word. Help us to listen and hear and be doers. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning I'm going to carry on with the heading, God's love for us. And um, last week we looked at part one from the sermon, which was, which was, we are children of God, which I'll recap shortly. But I think it's good to, to examine our hearts and to see first God's love for us, then do we see how amazing God's love for us? If we know what God has done for us, what He's accomplished for us through His Son, Christ Jesus, then we should, we should ask ourselves the question, do we see how amazing God's love is for us? If you think about it, God created this world and He's put man and woman in this world. He has created us in His image, in His likeness, to rule in this world as His representative. We are here to show love to God and love to humanity. But the fact that God has created this world and put us in it shows His love for humanity. The fact that God makes His sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and the unjust shows His love for man and woman. But the unbeliever living in this world does not see God's love like the believer sees it. The unbeliever will never give thanks to the true living God through Jesus, where we can. The church and the world have two different definitions of love. 
The world sees love as a feeling to play on our emotions. It defines love through sentimentalism. It, it, it sentimentalizes everything through feelings and emotions. You just have to listen to most of the love songs and how they are there to stir up your, your passions and your longing. And, and unfortunately those love songs never quite satisfy what you want to be satisfied. But when it comes to the church, we see love not based on feelings or emotions. We see love based on, well, it involves our will and our mind. We look to God's word to see how to define love. Love is the heart of God's character. Paul helps us in understanding when he writes to the church of Corinth in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verses 4 to 7 he says love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast it is not arrogant or rude it does not insist on its own way it is not irritable or resentful it does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth love bears all things believes all things hopes all things, endures all things. See, our love involves the will and the mind. It involves facts, God's word. We cannot boast. What can we boast about? If we boast, we boast in the Lord Jesus Christ because all He's doing, the fact that we can be here this morning, the fact that we have things, it's God's providence. It's a gift from Him. See, God's Love helps us to be concerned for others. Love is patient and kind. Not only towards me, it can't really be towards me, it's towards people. People out there that will irritate you, frustrate you. Love is kind, love is patient. If it was based on emotions and feelings, then we would love no one. And thank the Lord that Jesus' love was not based on emotions and feelings, because no one would be saved. And we know we don't deserve salvation. We know we're unworthy of God's love, grace and mercy. And Paul has helped us to see that love involves the mind. And it is a thoughtful, willing commitment to love other people as well. And God's love helps me not to be concerned with having my own desires fulfilled. It's always helping me seek the best Whoever is the object of my love. And we love because God first loved us. And God showed us that love. He demonstrated that love towards us. That while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus told his disciples, Greater love has no one in this than one lay down his life for his friends. And did Jesus do that? Yes. And this is how we know that he loves us. It's demonstrated. It's action. Love is giving of oneself. Like someone said, an earnest love makes us willing to give up our lives for one another. That's what Christ's love does for us. It gets into our heart and it helps us to love. But if we look to Jesus, we see there he's the one that demonstrated the love for us by laying down his life for us. Jesus showed us this. He loved by giving of himself. He laid down his life for us. His love 
was an act of self-sacrifice. How amazing is God's love for us. Reflect on that someday. Ponder on that someday. The whole wonderful plan of salvation began with the love of God. God the Father's love for us. What could you do to deserve God's love? What can you do to make God love you? Nothing. We're sinners. We're unworthy. Yet God chose to love us. So this morning I'm going to continue to, to remind us when it comes to our second fact to see how amazing God's love for us is. But let's briefly recap our first fact. And the first fact that we looked at last week, and you can go listen to the sermon on the web, it's fleshed out more, and I'm just going to give us a brief recap. And our first cap to remind us to see how amazing God's love is for us is that we are children of God. And we read that in verses 1 to 2 of 1 John chapter 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. He reminds the readers. See what kind of love the Father has given to us. How? Through His Son, Jesus Christ. He doesn't say, I love you guys and go off and do your own thing. God is involved in our lives. He's given us His Son. He's given us His Spirit. He's given us His Word for us to learn to know Him and love Him and love one another. But I did remind us, for us to see how amazing God's love is for us, we have to ask ourselves, what children, or who were we before God saved us? We were children of the devil. We were children of Satan. And if you don't believe me, I'm going to read two verses, but we're going to look at this more coming up soon. Because in 1 John chapter 3, verse 10, by this it is evident who are the children of God and who are the children of the devil. There's two children, there's two people or two children. Yeah, there's two children in this world. There's the children of the devil and there's the children of God. And Jesus once said to the Pharisees, and these were people of God, he said to them, the scribes and the Pharisees, you are of the father the devil and, you, and your will is to do your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. And Paul also reminds us that we were sons of disobedience and you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. We were once dead. We were once children of the devil. And to see how amazing God's love is for us, we, we know that there was a time when God sent His Son into the world to save us. God so loved the world that He sent His Son into the world. And for us to be saved, well, we are desperate for the love of God for us. To save us. And the love of God was demonstrated in Jesus coming to earth to save us. Scripture says, For God so loved the world that He gave us His only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have eternal life. See, God's love is a love in which He takes the initiative. He sent His Son into the world to save us. Do we see how amazing 
God's love is for us. Listen to the rest of Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 to 9. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Do we hear that? Because of the great love with which He loved us. We can't explain it. Why would He love such people? People that are disobedient, rebellious, don't give Him any honor and any glory. Because He chose to. He chose to love us. Just like He set His love on the Israelites. And they became His people. Not because there were many or few. He chose to love them. And He saved us because of His great love with which He loved us. And God gives His love generously and freely to us who are utterly undeserving of it. And this is what we need to hear in, in, in verse 1 of chapter of, of 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. So what kind of love, see what kind of love the Father has given to us. See what kind of love. Do we see this amazing love that God the Father has for us? And when we read, be called children of God, and so we are, that helps us to see that it's by His grace, His love, His mercy, that we are adopted into His family as His children. Again, do we see how amazing God's love is for us? But being a child of God will come at a cost. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. And Jesus told us, because they hated me, they're going to hate you. And the reason why they don't know you is because they don't know me. So there's going to be struggles, there's going to be suffering, there's going to be persecution. The world's not going to make it easy for us to speak the truth, to have worship service, to preach the truth to the world. Because truth and falsehood cannot go together. They cannot have fellowship together. But this makes our walk harder. Because if we read the rest of verse 2 of 1 John chapter 3, it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when He appears, we shall be like Him. Be like Him. It's going to take effort to grow in our sanctification, to grow in Christ-likeness, to grow in transformation. To be like Him is going to take hard work. And that's what we want to look at next. We want to look at our second fact that reminds us to see how amazing God's love is for us. And the second fact that we want to look at to remind us is our purity. We read this in verse 3 of 1 John chapter 3. And, and, and look at it. I'm going to read it again. Verse 3 of 1 John chapter 3. And everyone who thus hopes in Him purifies himself as He is pure. 
And this is what we've got to work on. We've got to work on our purity. So we can be like Jesus, the Son of God. So that we can see Him when He appears as God's children. And one thing that verse 3 of 1 John chapter 3 tells me is that this is how we're supposed to be living. This should be the focus of our walk with God in this fallen world. It's our purity. Are we purifying ourselves? Are we cleansing ourselves? Are we sanctifying ourselves? Because the reason why John has given us and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure is not so much thinking of the coming of Christ. He's talking about the present. What are you doing about your life now? What is your present situation like? So that when he comes, you will be like him when he appears. Someone said the hope of being like Christ in the future expresses itself in an effort to purify oneself to be like him in the present. If you want to be like him when he appears, you've got to grow in your Christ-likeness. You've got to grow in your sanctification. We are supposed to be living according to verse 3 of 1 John chapter 3. And before we can purify ourselves as He is pure, again, we need to be pure in heart. Why? Because our hearts are desperately sick, wicked and evil. They're dark, they're, they're dirty, they're, they're filthy. We can go back to a beatitude in Matthew chapter 5 verse 8. And it says, and we are told this in Scripture, that those that are going to see God will be the ones that are pure in heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And just reading around some of the commentaries, pure translates katharos, a form of the word which we get catharsis. And the basic meaning is to make pure, to cleanse from dirt, filth and contamination. Our hearts are contaminated. Our hearts are the problem. They need to be purified. They need to be pure in order to see God. A dark, dirty, filthy heart cannot see God. Just like if I had a bottle of water here and I had dirt in it and I shook it and I hold it up in front of my face. Could you see me? No. But if I had clear water, pure water, clean water, taking away all the dirt, no longer contaminated with dirt, and I hold it up in front of me, you would see right through it and you would see my face. And it's the pure heart that can see God because their hearts are being cleansed. How do we know the heart is, is dirty? Well, Jesus spoke to his disciples and he said, What comes out of a person is what defiles him. For from within, out of the heart of man, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Our hearts are desperately sick and wicked. Only God knows our hearts. And he's, got, he's the one that wants to cleanse us. Our hearts need to be created. A heart of stone needs to be created into a heart of flesh. We need a new heart. 
And this is what we do when we look at Titus chapter 3, verses 3 to 7. This helps us to see how our hearts become cleansed and clean. Because it starts off by saying, For we ourselves were once foolish, we were once disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. We were living a wicked, perverse life. We were sinners, not saved by the grace of God yet. But listen to, listen to the rest of the verse. This is when we see how amazing God's love is for us. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, loving kindness, we will never comprehend God's love for us. But do we see how amazing God's love is for us? He's, it's so amazing that he, he pours out His love into our hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit so, so that the Holy Spirit can live in us and help us to love like we should love. Because we struggle to love. Even as Christians, we struggle to love. I'm reading a book and, and I can just paraphrase. And it, and it says that it's amazing when we look at people, we can love cringe or we can look at them and become bitter inside or we can... Look at them and lift up our noses and we can like push them away. Especially people that are needy and they need help. The unlovely. But Jesus did not look at, look at us like that. He did not cringe when he saved me. He did not lift up his nose. Oh, now I've got to save this Mark Lily. He just saved us because of his love. And this is what we see. This, this, this love. A loving kindness of God our Savior appeared. He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Two things happened here. Washing of regeneration. We were saved, we were cleansed, because God has washed us clean. His Spirit has washed us clean. Renewed by the Holy Spirit. God has saved us by His Spirit and given us a new life, a new heart. And this all emerges into a new birth. We are a new creation. That's a miracle. That's all because of God's love for us. He has poured out His Spirit upon us richly to live in us, to help us to purify ourselves. We can't do it alone. Otherwise it becomes a self-righteous purity. It becomes a works-righteous purity. Without pure in heart, there would be no hope for us. We would still be dead in our sins. We would be like these false teachers teaching the people, yes, you know Jesus, you love Jesus, and now you can live and do as you please. You can walk in darkness, you can love the world, you can hate your brother. This is what the false teachers are teaching in this letter. And John is trying to help the Christians see, no, this is wrong. If you're in the light, you love your brother and you don't love the world. It doesn't mean you can't have things of the world and have a nice house and have a nice car. But you don't love. Because the love of things is the root of all evil. The love of money. You put love in front of anything. It starts to consume you. And it takes God off the throne of your heart. And that becomes your God, your idol. But it's the pure in heart that will enter into the kingdom of God. 
Psalm 24 verses 3 to 4 says, You shall ascend, who shall ascend the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Who does not lift up his soul to what is false and does not swear deceitfully. Those that will see God and enter into his kingdom are the pure in heart. But when God saves us, saves us, we don't have a perfect pure heart. Our pure heart still needs cleansing, still needs washing. Just like we wake up this morning, maybe you had a shower, you clean, you smell nice, but when the end of the day comes, you're dirty, you don't smell nice, so what do you do? You get back in that shower and you clean yourself. And so that is with the Christian. Every day we are trying to clean our heart and purify our heart. Another word is sanctification. We are cleansing our heart so that it becomes clean and pure so we can do the good things out there and bear fruit with every good work. And like I said earlier, God has given us His, 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 His Spirit. In Romans 5, 5, God loved us. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us why? So that the Holy Spirit, with God's Word, can purify our hearts. We can do that every day. Let the Word get into us. Let the Word cleanse us. Because God has called us to be holy like He is holy. And another scripture says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. If we are purifying our hearts every day, cleansing them, washing them clean through the God's Word, then we will be growing in holiness. And we will see Him when He appears. But it's going to require hard work. The Holy Spirit living in us wants to work with God's Word, wants to cleanse us and purify us and sanctify us, and it wants to transform us more into Christ-likeness. We do this so we may walk by the Spirit. And if we're doing that, then we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There's a tension going on inside us. There's a pull. One way to do good things and the other way to do bad things. That's why we need to be in God's Word every day. But there's ultimate purity. When Jesus Christ appears, that is the ultimate purity we strive for. That's why we must purify our hearts daily in Jesus. Because like I said, there will also be a day, one day, there will be ultimate purity that we will experience with our new glorified bodies in God's presence. When all sins will be totally and permanently washed away and we shall be like Jesus because we shall see Him as He is. And the reason why we can purify ourselves in Him because He is pure. He was pure from the beginning. He remained faithful and pure until the very end, until his death. He was the Son of God. There was no sin. There was perfect holiness, perfect righteousness, perfect purity. He was pure. And we look to him because he demonstrated that purity in the same hostile world that we are called to walk in. He's our, the author and perfecter of our faith. He has shown us the path. He has, he has opened up that path. He has done it for us. And we are more than conquerors in Him. We have victory in Him. We actually don't do anything except believe and continue to trust. 
as we walk with pure hearts. So hopefully this morning, that, that these two facts, hopefully they've, they've reminded us, the one was we are children of God, the other one our purity, and we looked at these two facts from 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Hopefully they've reminded us so that we will see how amazing God's love is for us. Hopefully this has challenged our hearts to, to embrace God's love and love Him more. Love Him with all our heart, soul, mind and strength and then love our neighbor as ourselves. Just look to the cross and there you see God's amazing love for us. The cross is where the Lord Jesus Christ gave Himself for our sins to deliver us from this present evil age. That's what we'll look at now. The cross, the Lord's Supper, is going to remind us of His love for us. God's love for us. And God has, has, has through His Son, God has delivered us from this present evil age to live to righteousness. To love God and to love man. Do we see how amazing God's love for us is? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word, the holy scriptures, the sacred scriptures. But give us wisdom to do this, Father. Forgive us, for we do sin. None of this is easy. This requires effort, requires hard work, requires sharing with others to help us, to pray and to encourage each other so we can all run this race and finish together with pure hearts because the pure heart will see God but help us Father help us to see how amazing your love is for us give us wisdom to see that and please forgive us Father when we don't when we walk in unbelief and when we are unfaithful to our calling but thank you now Father we can come to the Lord's table and we can be reminded of your love for us have mercy upon this church. Have mercy upon us all, Father. We all strive to be holy like you are holy. We're all wanting to bear fruit in every good work. We're all wanting to see how amazing your love is for us. Give us wisdom to see that and to obey you and honor you. Pray and ask this all in Jesus' name. Amen.